I've got about three babies in me today. So I'm going to give birth to triplets. It's not going to hurt me one bit, might hurt you. <laughs> so get ready to catch these babies as they come out. You know, we have to be pregnant with God. Mary was pregnant with God. Was she not? So we need to be pregnant with the Word of God. Because when you're pregnant with the Word of God, you give birth to the Word of God continuously, and people get to hear the fragrance of the knowledge of God that you're carrying. And that Word, the Bible says, makes people free. If they can receive it the way God intends it through the power of the gospel, things happen within us and change and transformation starts to occur, and we come into who we really are in Christ. I don't want to live from an old life anymore, do you? I don't want to live from an old man thinking I'm living from a new man. I want to discover the new man that I've been created to be and live from that place, which means I must have ears to hear everything my father wants to tell me. And we're going to look at that today, but we're going to look about not living from what was, but loving from, living from what is and what will be. And when I say that, I'm purely talking about spiritual context. Don't think, oh yeah, my life last year, I don't want to live from that. I was in a bad relationship and I want to get out of that relationship and find a new one. That's cool, but I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about spiritual mana. I don't want to live from what was. What was may have got me so far. Great, cool, but I don't want to live from that anymore. That is a stepping stone, a springboard to what is and what will be. Can you understand, track what I'm trying to say? So it's, I love what Chris said. I never thought of this. He said it was corny. I think it's prophetic. The year is 2020, perfect vision. But for perfect vision, you have to have perfect hearing. Because faith, the conviction of the knowledge of what's within Christ, comes through hearing a particular word, which is the word of Christ, which is more than just his voice speaking to you. You need to hear the word of God, which is concealed in God. You can hear, go, Greg, go give that lady $10 and hear his voice. But that's not the word concealed, the concealed word that builds Greg on the inside. Can you discern the difference between the two? We're going to look at a bit of that because the disciples couldn't hear the word of God that was concealed, but they heard his voice. They heard him speak to him, bread planting, seed, but they never heard the word that built them. So it's possible to hear his voice, his audible voice, call, and do what he tells us to do, call, and not actually hear the word of God. And we need to be in both. And ultimately, in Christ, they are a position of one. Because everything in God is one. And if you're trying to understand what I said in your mind, you're going to be confused. So you need to now hear what I just said, where Jesus said true understanding starts, which is in the heart, which is the Spirit. Hence, you've got ears of the Spirit to hear the things of the Spirit, because the things of the Spirit are spirit and life. So the flesh profits you nothing. The flesh is the operating system of man, which is the mind. When man tries to understand spirit from the flesh, his mind, he gets very confused and goes that way when he should have gone that way. Hence, you have the Spirit to hear a spiritual word today. It's good, eh? And Jesus said, man, that, that is a brilliant plan, Father, to hide it from the wise and the intelligent that way. You know what the wise and the intelligent are? Man who's full of pride. So the spirit of pride has to be crushed, doesn't it? 
for us to fully comprehend and understand the things of humility and the things of life. So I'm on my deck uh, before we had the conversation with the girls, and this is what he says. We're not to be living, we're to be, sorry, living for what is and what will be, not for what was. That is the title. That's really what I'm going to say today. So in a number of things I'm going to say, that's what I'm saying, and I'm going to unpack that. So stay with me. Um, sensed him say this, and I'm just going to read now what he gave me then and this morning. Too many are living and looking for what was rather than what is and what will be. Too many of my people are living and looking for what was. I got saved in 97, an amazing time. It's been a foundational stepping stone from launching into Christ, but I've been coming more and more into new mama, revelation every day. Bible says I'm to go from faith to faith, from strength to strength. So traditionally what we do at this time of the year is we give you a nice vision message about this is the new thing, but there's nothing new in God. It just hasn't been discovered. We're not on something new. We're going from strength to strength to strength of the same thing. And vision isn't actually function. Vision is sight. So I want, and I want, and I want your vision to increase this year, to see everything that's contained in the unseen Realm. But when you live from what was, you never see what is and what is to be. Because you're looking that way and he's saying, look this way. You have to let go of something to get hold of something else, don't you? And Paul said, man, I want to lay hold of all that Christ has laid hold of me for. He said, I haven't yet finished this race. In fact, I don't even want to get disqualified from the race by preaching something I'm not living. So there's way more that the church needs to come into than probably what any of us are even in today. So he's saying, Greg, too many of my sons and daughters who I love are living and looking for what was rather than what is. The Bible says fresh wine is not poured into what? Old wineskins. It says this, that when we taste the old again because the old is comfortable with us, the old is what? Good enough. And so you stay on what was because what was is good enough. Why do you want to change when what I have is good? It's good, but it's not what God is doing and up to today. And God is continually moving his people to maturity. He's continuing to move them from a place of one measure of maturity to another because he's raising up a who? A spiritual mature bride for his son who's going to look like him and she's going to be able to do what he did on the earth because she is his co heir. And we have this time to get ready to mature. Hence, Paul said, I'm no longer, when I was a kid, I used to think like a kid, I acted like a kid. But now that I'm an adult, I think like an adult and I act like an adult. But if we're living for what was instead of what is and what's to be, then we're going to stay children. Or we're going to stay to the measure of all we know. Why? Because it's good enough, Greg. Why do you keep pressing us for more? Why can't we just stay where we are? Well, you can if you want. You absolutely can. And there's no guilt and shame in that. But I want more. I'm not content with where I'm at. It's a curse and it's a blessing. I actually do need to learn to celebrate where I'm at, but not for too long. And some of us need to get off where we're at and get into what we're not in. 
And so in that beautiful tension, we help each other, don't we? And that's the purpose of walking together. But if all I'm going to be in is old mana, which was good in a time and a season, and we can see through Scripture God clearly leading them out of and into. He says, milk is great when you're a baby, but there's the word of righteousness, but you need teeth to eat this word. And in the natural, we completely understand all this. We would not keep a child, we're not keeping our children of 14 and 11 on baby food. It's not good for them. It's not good for their development. Nobody wins. Do you? If you've raised a 25-year-old and they're a 5-year-old still, no one wins in that household. Hey, Maddie Lily. <laughs> and so as parents, we raise up children of maturity who then add value to the earth. And that's what God is doing. But if we're living in what was and trying to continue to find life in what was, we're missing out on what is and we're missing out on what will be. And what is and what will be is a position of one. Because we can know the future and what is, what will be and what is. Why? Because God has given us the spirit to understand everything contained which is concealed in the Christ. It's the most amazing invitation any human can receive while some of us are sleeping and going, I'd rather watch football. I have to be apprehended out of this. I had plenty of passion to get up at three in the morning, travel from the city to Soaks Valley to watch the Reds play. God said, can you get up at three in the morning and spend five minutes with me? Alarm would go off, up we get, who's going to win today, who's playing on the way, figuring out who's going to win, who's, ooh, he's put someone so in the subs, should have put that guy in the centre forward, no, 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 and, you, and you know, because you know more than anyone else, don't you, you know. <laughs> and God is like going, I sense in my spirit, it's time to no longer be on milk. Yeah. This comes purely from love. If you need milk, call. Cool. Like if you've been walking with the Lord for six months to 12 months, a year, two years, cool, you need milk. But if you've been longer than that, it's time to get on solids. Like you've got some teeth. And I sense the Spirit saying to me, Greg, I'm moving, and if people aren't going to move with me, they're going to stay with where they're at. And I'm still going to love them, and I'm still there for them, but we miss out on what is and what will be. And it's a prophetic reality that God is moving towards that needs to be our present day reality. Listen, I just want to read this. We can think we are looking for something new, the is and the will be, but really all we are looking for is something that is old, was, dressed up as new. We just don't realize it. We can think we are looking for something new that is and that will be, but really all we are looking for is something that is old, that was, dressed up as new. We just don't realize it. We've had people come and go in here, and I know they're looking for something new. And you might be here today. You know in your spirit there's more than the model you've been in. 
Because there's two models. There's the institutional model that man builds, and then there's the kingdom that God builds. Man is great at building that, and that is massive on the earth. Comes out of here and here. It's the only reason it exists, okay? And it can look exactly the same in a physical demonstration, but in reality, it's, it's completely opposite. And God has been dismantling an institutional model here for 10 years. Where's he dismantling it? Here and here. Who did he start with? Him. So I've been this living epistle of being dismantled and put back together again. And I still am. Because he builds his church. Greg doesn't build anybody, especially himself. And I've seen people come and go, come and go, because they know they're not satisfied with something that's there, but actually they don't realize the problem is them. So they come in looking for something, and they hear this real thing, and they hear for about two or three months, but all of a sudden the reality of what's been spoken now starts to speak, and they're like, oh, that means change. That's right. What you're actually looking for is something that's actually dressed up as new, but it's actually old. And what you need to find is the new that you haven't yet discovered. And it's going to cost you if you want the new. See, if you want what is and what will be, it's going to cost you. You can't get this without cost. If you haven't read this, can I encourage you to read it? Because it says you've got to lose to find. But there's no loss when you find him because there's no loss in him. It's a lie that you believe that you're losing something, but then you choose not to, so you continue to lose. Did you understand that? And so we come thinking, oh, this is new because we can't. But actually, no, what's in your heart and your mind is just something dressed up. We've got phrases for it, don't we? Martin dressed up as lamb, all that sort of stuff. But actually, I'm just looking for something new, but it's dressed up differently. It's old. We must be and become an, a people living for what is and what will be, not for what was. Come with me to Luke 24, and we're going to hang in this awesome passage about a couple or two or three women looking for something that what was, that wasn't. They had a reality that was, but there was these other people that had a reality of what is and what will be. And so we're going to unpack this. I'm going to give you four thoughts along with the four thoughts I've gave you. I'm going to read the whole thing out, 24, 1 to 7, and then I'm going to unpack verse by verse. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they, which is these women that had been preparing spices and perfumes that had come with him out of Galilee... Mary, Mary Magdalene, I think maybe a couple of others. At early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he said to you. There's some massive nuggets in this. While he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, 
and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Let's go to verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. The first thought for us is when we live for what was and not what is, we waste time, energy, and resource living for a reality which isn't needed. See, they are living for what was. He died, yep, but he's alive again. So the night before they come the tomb, what are they doing? They're preparing. The spices cost you nothing. No. So there's money that's outlaid. There's time. I'm sure they had a good time together, probably having a good chat, natter, a little bit depressed because, you know, man, this guy's dead and thought he was going to save the planet and all those things. Yeah, well, he was and is and still is. But see, they're living in a was, not an is. And so I wonder how much of our lives are spent in the was, not the is. And it can be good Christian stuff. See, I'm not talking about not Christian stuff. I'm talking about Christian stuff. Because this is Christian stuff. They're preparing spices for his body, are they not? So it's not other things, it's Christian things. This is where works aren't the thing. As the number one relationship is. Now a relationship comes works. See, when you're a spirit and truth worshipper, you worship from relationship. When you're a flesh and truth worshipper, you worship from works. And you look for your identity and purpose in what you do for God, not who you are in God. And you struggle to hear God because you're too busy doing works. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And I know you need to hear it now because you're spending time, energy, and resource, by the way, which is all mine, which out of good intention, but it's actually not my will. And it's a waste of a work. And all the works that come from flesh, the Bible says, are burnt up. So although you think it's good and you might pat yourself on the back, it's actually a whole lot of rubbish. He might applaud your effort. He might applaud your time. And he still loves you. But ultimately, in the kingdom, it's a work that's going to get burnt up. And so we see these women, out of a good heart, and out of a good intention, living in a was because they didn't know what is and what is to be. I don't want to be that guy this year. I never want to be that guy. I'm sure you don't too. Unaware of the current and present reality. In their eyes, Jesus is what? Dead. But in the eyes of these other two angels, he is what? Alive. Is Jesus a dead dude on a cross to you? Thanks, Shirley. Or is he a living, breathing Messiah in you, who's producing growth in you, life in you, so I'm never the same again? I don't even recognize the guy that got married at 24 as a non-Christian and the marriage lasted three and a half years. I don't even recognize him. Who was he? Not this guy. He's like a brother, a best mate, but it's not this new created order today. It's amazing. The angel's eyes, they know he's alive. She, they are in was the reality. 
the was reality. They are in the is and the what will be reality. I wonder where we're at in relation to everything that's in Christ. The prayer of justification is the start of a race that finishes at an end in marriage. Are you still at the start? Celebrating the start? Awesome? Cool. But that's the start. Go! Run! Where are we going? Follow me. How long are we going for? Ever. How long is it going to cost? Don't ask. Are we going to be away from home? You better believe it, but you're going to find home. I love this in verse 5. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? They must be going, what are these women doing here? Now, I'm not picking on women. The guys were just as out of it as the women. We're going to look at Peter. But they must be sitting there going, wow, when he was with them, he told them this was going to happen. We heard it. We knew it. Why didn't they? Why have they spent all night preparing? And then why are they looking for the living one in the dead? Ah, because they can't hear. And they don't know that he's actually risen. Even though he told them over and over and over and over and over. Remember what he said? Bingo. Why is it that we never really hear until after the event? Anyone else? Ah, oh, yeah. How many times has that gone out? Forever. And what's really funny about this, I found this in myself and others, is that when the person hears it for the first time, they think that no one else knows. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you too? Let me tell you about this. You go, yeah, it's been going out for about 10 years. <laughs> no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. No, because you hear it for the very first time. You've been designed the why to hear it. And you've been awakened to reality that really you've actually been spiritually deaf to hear. And that's okay because God's love is covering it, but he's trying to wake us up. And this is what's happening here. Aren't you glad that God sends you angels which are ministering spirits to bring you into what is and what is going to be out of what was? Because Hebrews says they are ministering spirits unto salvation, which isn't just get me across the line. It's the complete walk of salvation. So I am completely saved at the day of judgment. I have become perfect like my heavenly father was perfect because the plan, I was perfect in Christ before I entered this earth. Yes? Were Adam and Eve perfect before sin? Yes. Is that what God is reconciling mankind back to? Yes, the way it was in the garden before man had a chance to mess anything up. So we've got to get right back to God's original intent, which is perfection, release our control of our lives so he can be the source, so we can come into who we really are. And God sends us angels to the ministering process to get us there out of what was and into what is and what will be. What a good God. To not leave you in a state of helplessness, Boredom, in what you're in, but not in more than what you know. How good is he? He could just leave us to it, couldn't he? 
I've been so disobedient to him in my life, he could just go, oh, I've had enough of that sinner. Let's just leave him alone, man. He's given us so much grief. <laughs> opportunity after opportunity, says one thing, does another, says one thing, does another. I'm done with the guy. No, that's not who he is, is it? Thank you. It's not who I'm to be either when I start getting affected with that love. To have countless opportunities for people like I've been given countless opportunities to receive life, even if it's the first day and you've been here for 10 years and you hear it today, it is so worth it. (laughs) So he sends angels, incredible. And that is going to be a point. But here's the thing, wrong expectation, wrong outcome. They've got a wrong expectation, which means they're in a wrong outcome. But God sends angels to help us get out of wrong outcomes into right outcomes. Why was it a wrong outcome? Because he'd already been prepared, had he not. Mark 14, verse 8, she has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. He was already prepared before it even happened. Do you know you can be prepared before it even happens? Do you know that's the plan, to be ready, prepared beforehand, so when he comes you don't get found out like everybody else, partying, having weddings and go. Ah, too late. So everything in him is to get us prepared for now, what is, to live this life now and for the future. So when he comes, we're not found out. What a good God. Then he sends angels, the angelic realm. And since they can't figure this out on their own, Danny, let's send the boys and the girls down who are their angels to help them, to minister to them unto complete salvation. So none of the church is found wanting when I come back. What a good God. I'd leave you all to it. I've had enough, man. Look at the hair. This is anointing. I read this. <laughs> hey, brother, I read this, man. Was it Elisha? Elijah was bald. He's a bald eagle. Don't mess with the bald one, man. They got in trouble. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to it. Let's go to verse 2. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. What garments have you received? I've got a white shirt on, suit tie. I wanted to get dressed up this morning. People said, where's the... Where's the flamingo shirt? I've got to keep you all on your toes. A garment of righteousness. Do you know, these are the white linen garments. This is the garments that the church is going to receive. The kingdom of God is where? It's to be formed within us. So when Jesus went, you won't see the kingdom until you die. And then he went, there you go. There's your kingdom. Because it was in him. 
So they're looking at the kingdom in his what? Glorified state. Are they not in a glorified state? Are they not in this beautiful, radiant state? And that is to be in us now, today. Our reality. The light of the world. But you've got to be in him to become the light. So you are the light, but you've got to become the light, the Bible says. And here are these angels that have come down to help these women who are very perplexed in mind. I told you, understanding in the mind is not it. He's supposed to be here, working all night. Why isn't he here? Where's he gone? It's okay, I'm sending the boys down to help you. Here's the thought. God sends us angels to help align us out of what was and to bring us into what is and what will be. That should be there, Dean, hopefully. God sends us angels to help align us out of what was and to bring us into what is and what will be. Why do you seek the living one among the dead? I did that for 29 years. And it's in everything. You can see the living one in dead things in Christianity. Flesh works are dead works. You can seek life in dead works. You can get all involved. You can do all these things, and it can all be a dead work. And you don't find any life in the work. It can also be looking for life in relationships, careers, sport, uh, money, all the other things outside of Jesus. Jesus is life. John 1.4 says, in, in Christ is life, and that life is the light of men. In Christ is life. He is the creator of life. He is the giver of life. He is the source of life. He is the only one that breathed life. We didn't exist, so Christ, life, had to give us life. So in Christ is life, and that life, Christ, is to be the light of Greg Simnor. Hence, Greg Simnor radiates light, Christ, because Greg Simnor no longer exists. His life is hidden in Christ because Greg Simnor can hear the word of Christ, and the word performs a work in Greg Simnor that creates the outcome of God. That was a bit of a mouthful. You'll need to go back and listen to that. No longer seeking life in dead stuff. And the reason why we do it is because we don't know what we're eating is dead. Simple. Why did they kill Jesus? Because they did not know. And the reason why we continue to look for life and dead things is because we don't know they're dead. And unfortunately, our nature, my nature has to exhaust all the options before it actually will believe that. So God sends his son to tell us a reality, but we don't listen to it. We have to figure it out for ourselves, don't we? Anybody else? few people. The rest of you are still looking, <laughs> trying to find life and dead stuff. See, we exhaust it, man. And we can't hear it. And so God has to let you get to the end of you. His heart is you would hear the word. But it's a catch-22. In my own life, I couldn't hear anything. 
even though it was in front of me. It even came up in lights and rooms. But I couldn't hear it until I actually got to the end of me. My will fell on the rock and got broken to pieces, Luke 20, verses 18, which is what Scripture says. And until that happens, I was just going to continue building my own life because I thought there was life in building my own life. I see so much of this in the body of Christ. I see so many Christians struggling in life because it's not the life they were created for. It's their life. And you're trying to do it without the life source. You're trying to do it as you being the source. And you can't. You actually can't grow spiritually until he becomes the source because you're still the source of life if he's not your source. And, mate, we hate that. I didn't want to go there. I didn't choose to go there. But he allowed me to go there. And so the angels turn up and go, ladies, it's not the way. You've got to hear something different. Verse 6 and 7. Why do you seek the living among the dead? 6. He is not here. Can you hear that today? If you're seeking life and dead things, he's not there. There is no life in the dead stuff. He's no life, young people, in the dead stuff. There is zero life in the dead stuff. He's not here. You're not going to find what you're looking for, ladies. But he has risen. So here comes the solution. God never gives you the problem without a solution. He's not that type of God. The enemy does that. He leaves you hopeless. God doesn't. God is the God of hope. He says, here's the problem, here's the solution. Now choose. So they say, he has risen. It's the good news. It's the gospel. You are still downcast. You're still living in the was because you think he's dead. Here's the good news. Let us share with you the good news. Let us share with you the good news. There is hope. There is life in the Christ. There is no need to struggle any longer. Choose life. And this is what they're saying here. And this is what I'm saying to you guys today. There is life in Christ if you will choose Christ and not choose yourself because they could have chosen not to believe. And we're going to look at when they come back to the apostles, they chose not to believe. Oh my goodness, thank you Lord for your love, your kindness, your patience, your grace towards me. So they say, he is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was saying still in Galilee, while he was still here, he said, was spoke saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Thought, the reason we continue to live for what was is because we can't hear the what is and what will be when it is spoken. The reason we continue to live for what was is because we can't hear the what is and what will be when it is declared. See, it's an invisible reality that gets spoken. You need ears of the Spirit to hear the invisible spiritual word. Otherwise, it goes straight over your head. And nothing changes, but that's the word that you need to hear to receive for change and transformation. 
You tracking with me? Are you with me? I like to and fro. Oh, maybe, sort of, don't know. Freaking out a little bit here. There's no condemnation in Christ, amen? There's plenty of conviction, amen? Don't get the C's mixed up around the wrong way. See, if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation. Even if I'm trying to condemn you, there is none. You look at me and you laugh at me. You go, that muppet. That's how deep he wants this. He wants us to go. The reason we continue to live for what was is because we can't hear the what is and what will be when it's spoken, but we have an opportunity to. Come with me to Luke 18, verses 31. I'm going to show you this from scriptures. Luke 18, 31. Says this. Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things which are written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. That's why we need to know what's written. So it was written, this was going to happen. So before it ever happened, it was written, it was going to happen. Isn't that the future prophesied? And now the reality of the future is coming to pass. Jesus is telling them this. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon. And after they had scourged him, they will kill him. And the third day he will rise again. He's so good. He's preparing them. Yeah? It's a food. I'm constantly preparing you for what's going to happen. So when it happens, you don't get downcast, upset, think that's a loss. You're in victory. Because you know this is victorious because this is what's going to happen. Why is it we always stop at the negative and never hear the positive? He's going to die. Stop. No, continue reading. He's going to die. Stop. Loss. Stop. Gain. Follows. Oh, never get to that point. See, the flesh is always wired to hear the negative. What did Eve hear? Why is she even listening to the devil when she's got the written, spoken word in front of her? Because he looked attractive. Because he wasn't a snake. Go read Ezekiel. You'll see the form he was in. He came as an angel. He looked beautiful in the garden. And so when you can't hear in the spirit and you hear in the natural, you are open to deception because you're looking at something that looks extremely attractive. It's saying the right things in accordance to your flesh, and man, you're going to go for it. But when you hear in the spirit, you discern in the spirit, you see that's the lie. So yes, it looks attractive. There is no life in dead things. Yes, clubbing looks attractive. Yes, works look attractive. They all look attractive, but none of them are. It's a deception and an illusion to keep you in deception and out of what is written for you. Hence, see why we need to grow up? Babies can't discern the stuff. They are led astray. You put ice cream in front of them, they eat ice cream all day. And they become ice cream. And they have no taste buds for what? Veggies and good food. Then he says this, but the disciples understood none of these things, and the meaning of the statement was hidden from them, and they did not comprehend the things that were said. It is in the Word of God. I did not make that up. 
They did not understand any of these things. They didn't understand the meaning of the statement. It was hidden from them, and they did not comprehend the things that were said. Why do you think that's the case? What is God looking for in concealing things from but for us? What's he looking for? Seekers who love him. Do you know you could wrap the entire message up in this? I love you. Do you love me? And when I say message, I mean the entire story, not what I'm saying today. The entire gospel, the created message is, I love you. I've done everything to get to you. Do you love me? And so he conceals and has to reveal. And Jesus said, that's a brilliant plan, Father. So they don't get hoodwinked by trying to come into it without us and create their own God and their own church and their own image of us. So we'll conceal it so they can't actually come into it without us. Let me send you the angels again to help you because you're out of something. He's left nothing uncovered or untapped. He is good. And even when we walk away, he's waiting, giving us a tap on the shoulder, saying, come back. Is he not? And so things are hidden for from you that you would go looking. Do you like hide and seek? We play it in our house. Our kids still love hide and seek. It's really hard hiding when you're six foot four and 102 kilos in our house. Can't get under the bed. Can't go I can't actually. I'm not going to say where I hide because I have to improvise a little bit. You're not supposed to move from your place, but Dad's allowed because he's six foot four and 102 kilos. So he disappears sometimes and he comes back. Really upsets the girls, especially Danielle. It's called cheating. It's called using wisdom. God, in his wisdom, has concealed things from them and us, so we need him and seek him and learn from him so we receive all that we've been created for. It's not because he's a killjoy. It's not because he's horrible. It's not because he's trying to spoil your fun. He's trying to save your life from sin and death. No, it's okay. We know better. Yeah, God, I know, but I just got to taste that first. I just got to try it. Then I'll know. Why wouldn't I ever listen to wisdom when it came from my father, natural father, my natural mother? Because there's something in me that still needs to be put to death called a nature that is evil that he died for to bring a brand new one, but his word must crucify. Don't be like I was. So we want to be able to hear what he says. Question, how much of what is spoken is actually being heard? It's a question he wants to ask you today. If you're part of this family, God's been speaking very clearly for 10 years. Years, April 2010, the 10th of April was the first message I spoke 
with a brand new revelation of now what is and what will be. It was called Lip Service. It is still on the website. So from that message to now, I've spoken, we have spoken countless utterances of heaven in relation to a clear prophetic picture that God gave us. How much of it have you heard in a way that has changed you compared to listening? That's what he wants to ask you today. And love is covering us all because that's what love does. Love never exposes. Love always covers. It covers you while he can undress you. See, Adam and Eve were really comfortable before God and one another before the fall. And you know what happened when the fall came? You know what happens with us because we are after Adam and Eve? We're very uncomfortable being uncovered before God and one another. So we cover up. And what you need to come into life is vulnerability and transparency. The very thing Adam and Eve had before the fall. Naked, no shame. And the problem with the church is if we're not in Christ to a measure, we're still ashamed of who we are in God and we won't uncover ourselves, so we keep ourselves covered in front of God and one another. And God says, I can't come into that heart because you've covered it over. And you need to uncover. That's deep. Where'd that come from? Touched on what I said before, we can hear his voice but not be able to hear his concealed word. They're hearing his voice there in Luke, aren't they? He said, I'm going to die and I'm coming back. They heard his voice, didn't hear his word. Because when he comes back, women are looking for a dead guy. But he's an alive guy. And they've spent time and energy and resource works on something that was never asked for and never needed because it had already happened. How much of our lives are spent on stuff that's already happened that we're unaware of? He's won the victory. He is victorious. We then have to possess what he's won. We don't win the victory. We don't fight. Hear what I'm saying? Against the enemy, the enemy's defeated. The enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold him down. I'm going to lift my voice in victory. I'm going to let my praises shout. But we can use fighting the enemy as an excuse to not get into what is and what will be. Because it keeps us in us. And so we need to be able to hear what's written. We're going to finish on this in verse 8 to 11. Touch on a little bit of 12. And they remembered his words. So they're now not in life, but coming into. Something started because in their mind, there's an activation, not in their spirit yet, in their mind. They go, that's right, he said that. Good. 
And they remembered his words, and they returned to the tomb and reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now they were Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James. Also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. Here we go, verse 11. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe them. That's an act of choice, isn't it? So I'll put this on us. Are you choosing to believe what I'm saying today or not? Life is in either way or death. God gives you two options, life or death. Choose which one you choose today. Let me make you fully aware of the consequences of unbelief and the consequences of belief. He is continually saying this throughout his entire message to us. And he gets men and women to share the same thing. So as a whole, we can become the church that he desires us to be, and I mean the church globally. But here we have women who are living in what was, angels who are living in what is and will be. There is a conversation and there's an absolute reality that he's no longer there. So the women are being awakened to a reality in the natural because they're not seeing him. They have this angelic realm, this heavenly realm, speaking the word of the heavens to the earth. Then they're perplexed in mind. Then there's a conversation between heaven and earth. Did you not remember what was going to happen when he said this? Then they start to remember, that's right, back in Galilee, he said that. Here's the reality of what he said, but they're still not in it. It's just mentally agreement. Then they go to tell the 11 who are the ones that Jesus chose that you think would be so excited to hear he's risen. Because they also were told the same thing and missed it when it was spoken. Thank you, Lord, for being so patient with me and us. And then they choose not to believe it. It appeared to them as nonsense. Why? Because when you hear through the natural, the spiritual will always appear as nonsense. Lose your life to find life. What is this guy on? Give your finances Love a woman like Christ loves her and surrender for her? She's supposed to be submitting to me. Are you serious, God? Yep. When the flesh hears the Spirit, it's in opposition to it. But the Spirit can love on the flesh because the Spirit has a substance in it called love that the flesh doesn't have. So the flesh will persecute the Spirit, but the Spirit loves the flesh. It's called love and submission. It's called God and mankind. And then it outworks itself in every relationship. If you're in the Spirit, you can love the flesh. How do you think oneness of Spirit is maintained in the body of Christ? And why do you think there's so much division in the body of Christ? Because there's a lot of flesh and a little bit of spirit. Because if there was a lot of spirit and a little bit of flesh, spirit loves flesh, oneness and spirit. But where flesh is rampant on spirit, flesh will dominate and flesh devours each other. So there's a hurt, whole lot of offense, whole lot of uh in the body because we're full of flesh. And we really look no different to the world. 
And that is factual, is it not? How many of you have been hurt by being in a body? Good luck if you haven't. You're probably going to be. Because <laughs> we're all a work in progress. Hence the need for the Spirit, the Word of God, to do a work in us that I no longer live from me and towards God, but I live from God. Hear the difference? And so these men hear something that is of heaven out of women's mouths, and they do the same thing that sometimes we do. What a load of garbage. Why? Because you're trying to understand it in your brain, and your brain's not big enough to fit the Word of God in. Why do you think spiritual worship has a pattern to it and renewing of the mind? Romans 12 verse 1. Who can tell me what it says? No, that's verse 2. I didn't hear what you said. I heard what this. Open your Bibles. Let's go there. This is off, off cue, but this is very important. Romans 12 verse 1. He wants to read it out loud, Chris. Right. So that's the giving over of your body, which ultimately is the control system, which is your heart, has to be given over before your mind can ever be renewed because understanding starts in the heart. So it's a duality process. If your heart is not handed over, your mind will never get renewed because there's unbelief in your heart to what you're hearing. Unbelief starts and lives in the heart of man, not the mind of man. So if there is unbelief, do not harden your heart when the word is spoken. Why are you reasoning in your heart? Understanding Jesus starts in the heart. Man thinks it starts in the head. When you try to understand the spiritual things in your head, your head will hurt. And so, But your mind can't be renewed until your heart receives the word through belief. Now you're giving your mind an opportunity to be renewed by the Spirit, which is what Ephesians 4.23 says. So true worship is the sacrifice and the surrender of your entire life on an altar so now God can go to work and put good stuff in your heart, which is the place of life. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And so then I can renew your mind so now you can see what is in the invisible realm. Now where you can see what's in the invisible realm because you've actually worshipped, not sung songs, then you can actually partake of what's in the invisible realm, which then changes you and enables you to walk in the manner in which I walked. Everything I said is scriptural. That's good. Powerful, living manner. And yet, like these guys, they go, nah, don't believe. That's a problem when you're the 11 that's been hand-selected by heaven to see the kingdom come through. <laughs> and you don't believe in the very thing you're supposed to believe in. Now these words here, look, this is what is the key. In verse 12, but Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Why? What had happened to Peter before this? You're going to deny me. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. 
No, you're not. Yes, you are. And before the rooster crows, guess what? No, I ain't. I'm going to death. Okay, see how you get on. Fast forward. He was with him. No, it wasn't me. One. Aren't you with that Galilee? If you're in Galilee, you're in Galilee. And that Two. No. And he's worming his way out. Three. Bingo. Bang. Looks at Jesus. The prophetic word that came out of his mouth before it happened. He's getting a reality check. I'm so full of myself. I said I'd never deny it. It's all coming to fruition. So the man has learnt. The man has learnt something in Christ because it happened to him. So when the women come and say he's risen again, he's awake spiritually to something that the other ten are asleep to. Why? Because he's gone through something the other guys hadn't gone through yet. When you've gone through something and you're aware of it now, man, you're like this. You're on the edge of your seat. See, it's okay to not know, but the thing is to not know is the thing you need to be wakened out of. So it's okay if we're like still living in was, but to stay living in was and to want to stay living in was, that's the problem. You're not the problem. You're in him. And you're going to be the fulfillment, hopefully, of the promise. But to just continue to want what was, that's the problem. And especially when God is taking a people to the fullness of what he's doing. Because physically you won't get left behind, but spiritually you will. And you will struggle to comprehend the food that's given because you're only used to eating food that's of a certain kind. And there is love and acceptance and grace for all that. But the struggle will be if we're not letting go of that food, we're probably going to have to leave and walk out the door. Because we'll be starving. And God's like going, don't do that. Let go of the food you're on and turn and grab hold of the food that's so nourishing that you don't yet have teeth to eat. But I'm going to put teeth in your mouth. Because when you seek me, because you're no longer living for dead things and living things, you're going to find life. And that is our, my challenge. And I have personally been confronted by heaven with that 10 years ago. So I'm not asking any one of you to do what I haven't modeled and done. He came to me in my ensuite, and I looked in the mirror and I saw him and we had a conversation for two minutes and he said, I have shown you all this for a purpose. What are we going to do? And he gave me a choice and he said, you can keep your mouth shut, but one, you will not be part of what I'm doing until you decide to open it. And I have chosen you and the rock people to do a work within them here on the hill. And it is a work that I build my house. It is not an institutional model. If you're looking for that, you will not find it here. You won't last here because it's built on him. And he will take you to the essence of the source of who is your source. And he promises you he will build you, but you will experience a life that is rich and full and is vibrant. And you will not recognize who you once were. And that's the promise of the gospel. It promises to do a work in you, not just believe words. Words are easy. The work of the gospel. He took a dead man called Jesus and he raised him from the grave with power. That's the gospel, guys. Power. 
Not my ability to speak, not my creativeness with words, not my lovely words that maybe I can put into a sentence that tickle you or get you to understand. Power and power alone is the message of the gospel. Taking dead people, making them live. Now live from the power of God that I'm going to put in you and continue to put in you through my word. And these 11 men went, we don't believe. But they would come to believe. And they would continue to live. Holy Spirit is clearly speaking to us as a family. Are we living for what is and what will be or what was? Are we living in the glory days of what was or the glory days of what is and what will be? And this final statement, our present and our future are creating for us a glorious past. Our today, our tomorrow are going to create for us a glorious past. I look back after 29 years of a past, it was okay, but it had a lot of hurt and a lot of brokenness in it. And from 29 to 50, I look back at my past and I see light and life because I've, as best I could with him, my relationship with him and others, I've allowed him to do work. And I'm interested in what is today and what will be. And so when I look back now, I've gone from a broken marriage, a broken person, to a New marriage, a beautiful wife with two children I never thought I'd have. Because who wants to marry a divorced guy? That was in my mind. And God says, there are plenty of people, son. But let's walk together for a while. And let me build your life. And you hang on for the ride. And I'll build it in you. And I'll build it through you. And I'll build it around you. But I will build it Your role is to surrender. And that's the greatest thing I ever did is surrender. Let's just bow our heads and I just want to pray. Father, I just, I'm so in love with you. I'm so in love with you and because I'm in love with you, I'm in love with people. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence that burns within. Thank you for the work that you so desire to do in all of us. You're the God of delight. You're the God of promise. You're the God of life, vitality, color, vibrancy. You're the God of abundance and fullness and holiness and righteousness. You're perfect in every way and your ways are perfect and they produce what you say they do. Father, I thank you that you care enough and you're so patient with us enough to give us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to receive more of you, to become like you. I thank you for my life and our lives that have been marked, written in your word that all our days have already been counted and numbered. And God, your word says in Psalms that we would produce a heart of wisdom. It says, teach me to count my days so I can produce a heart of wisdom. I can't produce that heart you do, God, but in teaching me that this is a time frame that I've been given life, I can surrender and allow wisdom to build wisdom within me, your son. God, I thank you that you're giving us 2020 hearing and vision. 
I thank you, Father, that you are speaking boldly out of love to us in power. Weighty words to get us onto weighty meat and to grow and mature and experience the fullness of a mature life within you. A life that is so free, so free of fear and pride and insecurity and jealousy and bitterness and hurt and pain. It's in you, God. And so, Father, I thank you for your word and I pray that things that haven't been of me today, if there's been any, would just be completely eradicated and your word would enter and perform a work and we would chew it and eat it and chew it and eat it and chew it and eat it till it performs a work. So we ask and I ask this in your son's precious name. Amen.